When we hear about a king, we recognize the throne is the seat of authority and power. And we're gonna find today, as we glimpse into heaven, a throne of thrones. There's no greater power in all of the universe than the throne of God. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Welcome to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder. And today we will continue our series, Armageddon's Dawn. And we're going to be talking today about Revelation chapter 4, as this is basically a verse-by-verse study of the book of Revelation. We're going to get a glimpse of the throne of God. And it's just magnificent once we start to see God's power and God's glory and his holiness. And so this is a really neat part of the book of Revelation as we start to get to see things as they really are, things that we we haven't seen that exist in the spiritual realm. And this is going to be an exciting study as we are in the series about the end times. We also are excited because we have a resource for you that I think will really tie in well with the end times. It's a video series called The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. And you can get that from us here at InGrace for your gift of any amount. We also would like to send you a prophecy chart, Armageddon's Dawn, for free. So if you want to learn more about what the Bible says about the end times as it relates to rebuilding the Jewish temple, and I went to Israel and interviewed people about the red heifer. I was actually in a cow pasture in Dallas, Texas, with the actual red heifers that they flew over to Israel. I talked to rabbis. I went on the Temple Mount, and we went in the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the Dome of the Rock. We thoroughly covered the yearning of so many people in Israel to rebuild the temple, and we talked in the series that the Bible actually predicts this. In the end times, there will be a Jewish temple rebuilt. Obviously, there's a big thing in the way. It's called the Dome of the Rock, but uh, we'll also give you ideas in this series on where that might go. And so to get the Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple video series, contact us today, give a gift of any amount, and we'll send this out to you. It's a three-part series, or you can get the Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart absolutely free or get them both. And so contact us today, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. And we are going to talk about the end times today, Armageddon's dawn. We do know that the Bible predicts the end of the earth, the end of what we know, the end of time. When will that be? I cannot give you that, but I can assure you that it is coming. I'm amazed at the technology that we have today that fits with some of the things that the Bible has predicted thousands of years ago. For instance, what does WWW stand for? No. No, it doesn't. It does not stand for the World Wide Web. It stands for something in my sermon today because that's what I said it stands for. But if you think it stands for World Wide Web, you're right, because it does. Uh, by the way, isn't it interesting that the abbreviation has way more syllables than just saying World Wide Web? Do you ever count the syllables of WWW? I don't know. Why do I think about these things? It's a curse. 
So is the World Wide Web sometimes, right? It's a blessing and a curse, and I love it. If I don't know something, I can just quickly type it in, and there it is, and you know everything there on the internet is true, <laughs> verified, accurate, so that's awesome. But what does WWW stand for? For a Christian, it stands for the three legs of the stool that we should sit on every day. There's three W's that should be part of our everyday Christian experience. One is working for Christ. So important that we're busy serving the Lord, doing things for him. The other leg of that stool that we need to be sitting on every day is witnessing for Christ. We need to, with our mouth and with our life, share what Jesus has done for us. And that third W of that stool we should sit on every day in the Christian life is worshiping Christ. Worship. And that's what we're finding here in Revelation chapter 4. We're going to start this today. We're going to conclude chapter 4, Lord willing, next time in a few weeks. But we're going to see what real worship is. What you see today in a lot of churches and on some television programs of religious worship isn't worship. It is designed to feed the flesh nature. And I'm not saying everyone that's part of that isn't worshiping the Lord, but that's not what we're finding as what true worship is in heaven. So what is worship? Is it singing a song and waving our hands? Or is it perhaps the way that we live our lives? As a matter of fact, worship comes from the words worth and ship. So it's, a, it's ascribing value or worth. We're, we're recognizing the worth or the worthiness of God when we worship. And we can do that a lot of different ways, can't we? Certainly, our song service is important. We find that in the Bible. We find songs of worship. Actually, the biggest book in the Bible is songs, and, and they're worshipful. But today's worship songs are not very deep at all, and a lot of it has to do with kind of emotion and feeling. It doesn't have to do with the truth of Scripture, doctrinal truth. We find it very shallow. What is real worship? Well, let's take a look. Let's find out what worship is today. And by the way, as we read through this chapter, you're going to find a word that keeps popping out. As a matter of fact, it's going to pop out 14 times in Revelation chapter 4. That word is throne. Throne. As a matter of fact, it's a key word in the book of Revelation. We find throne 46 times in this book. When you hear the word throne, as my message title is, Throne of Thrones, what do you think of? We don't have a king in the United States. We set up our government so we didn't have a king. But when we hear about a king, we recognize the throne is the seat of authority and power. And we're going to find today, as we glimpse into heaven, a throne. The throne of thrones. There's no greater power in all of the universe than the throne of God. And we're going to recognize his power and his ability 
even in the midst of chaos, and we live in a chaotic time, friends, all you have to do is look at the news to know that we are in big trouble. I'm angry about the fact that they legalized recreational marijuana. Bad idea. You ask all law enforcement, they'll tell you it's a bad idea. You ask them. They'll say, don't do it. And as a matter of fact, they did tell our politicians not to do it, but they did it anyways. We got a problem with that. And then what else did we do? Well, we expanded gambling. That's a great idea because when you expand gambling, we get all this money. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're going to make people poor. You're going to make people addicted. And there really isn't more money. Now you're going to be spending more money. And we deal with that every Friday night here with addictions. Friends, I'm telling you, we have really messed up. And then abortion. We have become probably the most pro-abortion. Don't say pro-choice. Say pro-abortion. Say pro-murdering babies state in the country. What are we doing? What have we done? But in the midst of all this, just I can't believe this is happening in our day. We have a throne. We have God on the throne. I mean, it might seem like we're coming apart at the seams, but he is still in charge. You say, how is that possible? Because he's permitting certain things to happen for ultimate glory, for ultimate good. These are bad things. This is not God doing those bad things, but he's allowing us to exercise our free will, however stupid it is, ultimately for him to get the glory and the power and the honor. And he deserves that, he has that, and he is sovereign, and he's on the throne right now. He's in charge right now, and that should calm us a little bit today. I'm angry, I'm angry, but this hopefully can calm us and settle us, realizing the throne of thrones is occupied right now. Let's open up Revelation chapter four and look at verse one. And this I looked and beheld a door. A door was open in heaven. Isn't this gonna be interesting? A door? We get to open a door and look into heaven. What is heaven like? What's it gonna be like? And that's a question you have wondered. And we usually think of a person with a halo playing a harp with a cloud. That's heaven. Um, ah, no, no, that's not. I mean, maybe for five minutes, that'd be kind of fun, but that's about it. No, that's not heaven. This is heaven. We're going to look into heaven. We're going to see what God is revealing to us through the Apostle John of heaven. The door was open in heaven, and the first voice, which I heard, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. A voice like a trumpet? That's interesting. That must be quite the sound. You know, it's kind of hard when we have words on a piece of paper to feel the full extent of what this is going to be like. A voice like a trumpet. The closest thing I could think of to this is when our family went to a fireworks display here in the area. And this was the biggest one, they say, in the area. And you go there and uh, we set up and some of you kind of join us and we're all sitting around and sometimes we'll go pass out our flag tracks because everyone's patriotic. No one's going to throw down a track that says the story of old glory. So they're taking them. Some people are coming up to us and saying, hey, you forgot to give me one. And they're like, hey, here's one for you because it gives the gospel. And we would do that and we'd throw football around and have food like 
uh, chips and dip and miniature key lime pies, just a lot of fun. And um, off in the distance, part of this big thing was a concert. I don't like it. You know, why do they have to play the music so loud at concerts? It's because the music isn't good. So they need to make you deaf. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> You're like, Pastor Scudder, what happened to you? You got to load too much rest. Yeah, it's just been building up. So they had this guy, and he was playing a guitar, and all of a sudden, the guitar was talking. It was Peter Frampton. And he has this thing where he hooks up some sort of voice box, and he can talk, but it sounds like the guitar. It was the weirdest thing. It was kind of spooky. Like, how can a guitar talk? And I looked it up, and I found out how they do it. But I don't think anyone can do that with a trumpet, because you can't talk while you're playing a trumpet, can you? What would this be like? What would this sound be like? Try to imagine a voice like a trumpet. Wow. Discover more about the Third Temple and its significance in end times prophecy through the incredible resources offered by In Grace and Jim Scudder. Start with our beautiful prophecy chart, delivered straight to you completely free. Plus, when you donate to In Grace, you'll receive the incredible three-part video series, the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple, filmed in Israel. This series is designed to transport you visually and spark your curiosity about the pursuit to build the third temple. For donations of $150 or more, you will also receive a limited edition, original canvas print portraying the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE. Explore more on ingraceradio.com. Or mail in Grace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Unveil the mysteries of the end times and the Jewish temple today. What else do we find here? Well, we find that it says, come up hither and I will show thee things which, and underline this in your Bible, must be hereafter. The things that we're reading in Revelation have to happen. In the future, these things have not happened yet because we don't see it in history. So, therefore, we know it's future and they have to happen. It says this must be hereafter. Do you remember back in Revelation 119? It talks about write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things that shall be hereafter. The things that are were the first three chapters we dealt with. The church, chapters two and three, talk to the seven churches, if you'll remember that. And that here is the church age. The seven churches representing seven time periods and seven individual churches, and also seven problems that churches may have today. So, kind of a three way to look at that, but all in the church age. And then all of a sudden, we have come up hither. We have the rapture. No longer do we hear anything about the church until very late in Revelation. So what that means is that the church is now gone and we're gonna be studying this whole time and the rest of Revelation about the judgments, the seal judgment, the trumpet judgment, the bowl judgment. We're gonna hear about the Antichrist. We're gonna study the tribulation period, a seven-year period of judgment upon the earth. These things will Happen just as sure as I'm standing here pounding on the pulpit. 
It's going to happen because God said it and he's in charge. He's on the throne. These things are going to happen. Before we see God's wrath poured out upon the earth in the tribulation, we are going to see why he is worthy to do such terrible judgments. I mean, if we're going to see wrath poured out, we would hope that the person pouring out the wrath is righteous and just. Because we have seen judges that are not righteous, and they will get it wrong, and they will hurt innocent people. God is worthy. God is righteous. And when he pours out judgment, the person that is going to receive the judgment, they deserve it. He does not make mistakes because he is perfect. So in this scene, in chapters four and five, we're gonna see his worthiness. We're gonna see it with imagery, and I can't imagine what this is gonna be like and how this is all gonna play out. This is gonna be just incredible, just astounding. Verse two of Revelation four. And immediately... I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Who is this one on the throne? It says that there was a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Who is this? Well, we find in the next chapter, in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 6, you'll find that the sun is approaching the throne. So I don't believe this is the sun. We find in this chapter seven lamps. We find the sevenfold spirit of God before the throne. So it's not the spirit of God. So that leaves the Father. The Father, I believe, here is the one that sat on the throne this is God the Father. Now, we don't believe in three gods. There's one God. But we do see God expressed in three persons, three personalities. They all have attributes of God. They are all God. They're all one. They're all powerful, all wise, everywhere, always present. But one God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We find it in Genesis at creation. We find it all through the scriptures. We find it in the stories of Jesus, the baptism of Jesus. You have the Son, and you have the Spirit of God as he was coming up out of the water as a dove, and you have the voice of the Father. So we find the Trinity throughout the scripture. But here I believe this figure on the throne is God the Father. Look at verse three. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper, a jasper was a gemstone, is a gemstone. And jaspers can be multicolored, but it also can be clear. It's kind of a really pretty, if you've seen a clear jasper, it's a beautiful gemstone. And it has some kind of translucent values to it. And then a sardine stone, which is also called a sardis stone, and that is a stone that has different types of red uh, colors to it. And then there was a rainbow 
round about the throne. Now, why is it important that the rainbow was round about the throne? And here we have the rainbow that is round about the throne. So we have in sight like unto an emerald. So we have all of these different colors and gemstones represented here and the round rainbow. Well, on earth, a rainbow is an arc because we can only see half. Have you ever been in an airplane and you can actually look down and see a rainbow that is a circle? In heaven, all things are complete. On earth, sometimes we're only seeing half the the scene or far less. But in heaven, the rainbow is a circle. Also, the rainbow is a promise from God that he will never destroy the world in that particular way, which was by a flood. But we do know in Revelation, we're going to see the wrath of God poured out upon the earth, ultimately a total destruction of the earth by a fire. But this rainbow reminds us that God has promised certain things, and when he promises certain things, he keeps his promise. I love seeing a rainbow in the sky. I don't care what the LGBT community and add however many more letters you're going to add to it. It's ridiculous, folks. It's ridiculous. And I'm not saying we should hate them. I'm saying we should love them. and We need to tell them that Jesus loves them and they could be saved by simple faith in him. But don't hijack the rainbow because it's a picture of the promise of God. It's a picture of judgment, but it's also a picture that God, even in judgment, is merciful. And I love that because God has promised me several things. He's promised to save me by faith in him. He promised me to give me the spirit of God. He promised to never leave me or forsake me. He promised to take my burden that is heavy and I can't bear it. He can bear it. All these promises that we find in the scriptures. When I see a rainbow, I think of God's promises. And we're going to pause there, pick it up there tomorrow, because as we start to learn about the throne of God and the the beauty of it, the colors of it, the promises of it, I think it's going to bring awe and inspiration into our lives to really realize what we're going to be able to see with our eyes as today we can only see with faith. But God is very pleased when we see with our eyes of faith. And uh, I hope that you are seen with eyes of faith today. And I hope you're also excited about the future, about the end times, about eternity, about God and the throne. And one day, God's throne will come to a remade earth, and that'll be glorious. We would love to send you a free resource that will help you as we study the end times and Bible prophecy. The free resource is called the Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart. And you can contact us today, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to our website, ingraceradio.com, and there you can ask for the Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart. You can even download it from our website and view it on your smart device or print it at home, but we would love to also send you a copy if you'd rather do that. Now, many of you have been saying, Pastor Scudder, what do you know about the red heifers in Israel and rebuilding the temple? Well, we actually recently filmed an entire three-part video series about that. We call it the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. I was able to have access into the 
pastures where these cows, these red Angus cows came from in Texas. We filmed there in Texas with the calves that were flown over to Israel. And we were in Israel talking to rabbis. We toured the Temple Mount, the Al-Aqsa Mosque. We give you a lot of behind the scenes things that are happening today that all of these things the Bible predicts, the future rebuilding of the temple, these are in motion today. I'd love to send you this video series. It's for your gift of any amount, the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. And also, when you go to our website, all the Armageddon's Dawn video series and audio series are there as well. Go to ingraceradio.com or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. Unveil the mysteries of the end times and the Jewish temple today. Start with our beautiful prophecy chart, completely free. When you donate, you will receive our three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. And for donations of $150 or more, receive a limited edition canvas print portraying the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or mail InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.